2 Samuel chapter 3. I'm sorry, chapter 9, beginning with verse 3. 2 Samuel chapter 9, and we'll begin reading with verse 3. Brother Pettibone, will we have badges for all the personal workers? All right, where, where will they be located? At the information desk in the foyer, badges for the personal workers, and you can also pick up several copies of the book that you will need, and then we'll have people here at the altar to resupply you with the books, uh, depending on whether you run out or not. And so it's going to be a great time of harvest. Amen. Praise God. Stand for the reading of God's Word. Beginning with verse 3, 2 Samuel chapter 9. The topic tonight is the cripple of Lodibar. The cripple of Lodibar. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Maker, the son of Emilio, in Lodibar. And then King David sent and fetched him. He was from Alabama, wasn't he? Fetched him out of the house of Maker, the son of Emilio, from Lodibar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee the kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father. And thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? He didn't think a whole lot of himself, did he? You know, a lot of people are troubled with a, a poor self-image. And you've got to deal with that. You've got to overcome that. There are better things for you. A dead dog such as I am. Then the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertain to Saul and to all his house. Thou, therefore, and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him, and thou shalt bring in the fruits, that thy master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth thy master's son, shall eat bread always at my table. I'm glad there's a king that says, you can eat at my table. <laughs> now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then said Ziba unto the king, according to all that my lord the king had commanded this servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. Now that's not a dead dog. <laughs> Amen. And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. 
And all that dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants unto Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table and was lame on both his feet. You may be seated. Mephibosheth was from the house of Saul. He was Jonathan's son and lame in both of his feet. In the fourth chapter of Samuel, you'll find the story of Saul's son, Isbosheth, who was going to inherit the throne in the place of Saul when Saul and Jonathan were both slain in battle. So Isbosheth was going to become heir apparent to the throne. However, Isbosheth was murdered. He was assassinated. In the confusion, Mephibosheth's uh, nurse took him, he was five years old, and fled the palace to save his life because surely he too would have been killed. She dropped him apparently, or he fell in some way, one way or another, and was injured and became lame for the rest of his life in both of his feet. He was a cripple. Think about it for a moment. Mephibosheth was a cripple. A cripple is at a decided disadvantage in the world in some respects, and especially in the culture of that day. In Acts chapter 3, there was a man who was lame from his mother's womb. All of his life he had been lame. He had never walked a step. He had never learned a trade. He, he didn't have friends. His entire life had been governed by his condition of being a cripple. He didn't choose to be that way. He was born that way. Mephibosheth did not choose to become a cripple. It was no fault of his that he fell and was lame in both of his feet. This man in Acts longed to be free. He had his friends bring him to the temple at the entrance of the temple, and every day he would beg for money. No doubt he had suffered a lot of uh, abuse and ridicule and people ignoring him, not giving him the time of day, and a few people would feel enough sorry for him to stop and put a few coins in his basket. Discrimination is always painful. Hear me. Discrimination is always painful. This man was discriminated against. He couldn't help his condition. He didn't elect to become a cripple. He was born that way. The one in Acts, not, not Mephibosheth. He wasn't born that way. But when he was five years old, he was dropped or he fell and injured and became a cripple for the rest of his life. He certainly didn't choose that path either. Neither one of them. Other people passed by. They were happy. And they were going to their jobs and going to the temple and going to the market. He did none of those things. His friends would bring him to the temple gate and there deposit him on a daily basis and then leave him to fend for himself. Job opportunities were nil. There were none. There were no job opportunities for a cripple. Access to worship was denied him. He could not go into the temple as a cripple. He could never serve as a priest. And so he was limited in his spiritual opportunities. It is so deeply hurtful to have a condition that people frown on 
and looked down on and despair uh, that your even desire to be better. Bitterness can set in. Bitterness. Resentment. Anger. Frustration. The feeling of oppression. Sometimes groups of people feel that way and they become very violent and they have demonstrations and they burn cars and burn properties and destroy uh, and even kill people. And great violence is done when people feel depressed and feel that they've been discriminated against. The cure for discrimination is not in legislation and it's not in demonstrations, but it's in following the simple teachings of Christ. If people want to learn to live, to overcome their limitations and their disabilities and the things that have caused discrimination against them, then they have got to learn to follow the simple teachings of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you tonight, no matter what your lot in life is, you may not be depressed. You may not have any discrimination against yourself or your family or any of your loved ones. But you have problems. You don't feel accepted. You don't feel like you're one of the crowd and you have resentment. There are simple teachings of Jesus Christ that will revolutionize and change your life. Getting bitter, resentful, angry, moody about it, feeling sorry for yourself, being melancholy is not going to help you. You've got to overcome. The circumstances of life often seem cruel to us, and we don't understand some things that have happened. As I said, Mephibosheth was Jonathan's son, who was a friend of David. And he was only five years old when his nurse fled with him, and he, he fell and was injured. And his brother, Ishbosheth, was heir apparent to the throne. And then he was murdered. He knew, I mean, the nurse knew that Mephibosheth would be murdered also because this was the practice of those who were aspiring to become king to replace someone that had just abdicated or been killed or destroyed or removed from the throne. They would kill all of the former king's sons so there'd be no competition. So the nurse fled with Mephibosheth to protect him and to preserve him. Sometimes our disabilities may turn out to be our salvation. He was a lot better off crippled in both feet than being dead. <laughs> and there's some things in your life that you may feel so keenly about tonight that if you start stop and count your blessings, you're better off where you are than where you could be. And so we need to be thankful in everything. Give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Well, it was an attempt to hide Mephibosheth. So it was not his fault that he wound up in the condition. Now, he had a choice as he was growing up. He could feel sorry for himself, and he could be ashamed, and he could always feel disadvantaged, or he could determine that one day I'm going to overcome my disability. And one day I'm going to trust an almighty God to bring me through. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. He could say, I'm a victim, and so I'll just have to remain a victim. I'll live the life of a victim. You can resign yourself to that tonight. 
things that have happened, a loss of a job, a divorce, whatever it is that has disappointed you in life, you can determine, well, I'm a victim and I'm just going to feel sorry for myself and I'm going to take it badly. I'm not going to try to make up for what has happened to, to me. I'm just going to try to deal with it and accept it and stay put down the rest of my life. Or you can determine to rise above that, to be victorious. You won't find help from some people in the world. The divorced people don't often get a lot of help. They get a lot of judging. They get a lot of uh, disdain and people saying, well, probably they were at fault and finger pointing and et cetera. And they're limited. They, they cannot be, I mean, they're, they're divorced. And so they're a special category of disadvantaged people. And sometimes Christians are so firm in their adamant stand against them till they add to the hurt and to the insult. I hope that we are a house of mercy and that we can help people through their times of trouble and not add to their problems. It seemed that he was under a curse. Mephibosheth seemed to think that he was under a curse. A lame person could never be a priest. He would be restrained from entering the temple. He could never be the heir to the throne, though his father, Jonathan, would have been heir had he lived. And now then Mephibosheth would have been in line, but now he's lame. He can never be the king. He was unfit for military duty. He couldn't find a job. It was a terrible plight. He referred to himself in the presence of David as a dead dog. A dead dog. I believe I'm talking to some people tonight who have lost their sense of self-esteem and remembering who they are. You've got to remember you're a child of the king. You're washed in the blood of Jesus. You're a very special person to God. God never abandoned Mephibosheth. God had a plan one day to take care of him and let him eat in the palace. He could never sit on the throne, but he was going to eat in the palace. You may not have the same position that somebody else may have in life, but God has a way to provide for you and care for you and restore you to a meaningful relationship with God and for people to respect you. No self-esteem whatsoever. He felt like a failure. Your former lifestyle in crime, drugs, prostitution, some very shameful way of life, you may feel like I don't stand a chance, but I, I can point you to people in this church that are outstanding Christians leaders in this church that have had a background of crime, had a background of immorality, had a background of, of activities that you would never believe. And God redeemed them and saved them. And now they're on fire for God. Let me remind you of a cripple who was, he was, became a cripple for a few short moments. He was left for dead in Lystra. His name was Paul. And uh, they stoned him and left him for dead. He decided, I'm not going to stay here. The brethren gathered around him, prayed for him. He got up and went on to the next town and preached. 
you can determine not to stay in your misery, not to remain in the state that you found yourself in. You've got to develop the right attitude. You've got to believe in victory. You've got to get rid of that victim mentality and remember that we are more than a conqueror through him that loved us. We're more than a conqueror. One thing, don't get bitter. Do not get bitter. Don't blame other people. Believe in God's grace and mercy. You may not know God's timetable. You may not understand why he hasn't already done it, why he hasn't already brought you back full circle. But God's timetable doesn't always agree with ours. And we get impatient. Listen to God's word. Read this Bible and believe this Bible. Commit passages to memory. Obey the command of faith that Peter and John said to the man in Acts. Stand upright on thy feet. <laughs> You've been down too long. Stand upright on thy feet. It's time for people to get up. It's time for people to take that hand that Peter offered to him. He offered him and picked him up by the right hand and said, Stand upright on thy feet. Beloved, God is offering to you a challenge to get up out of that dungeon, get up out of that quicksand, get up out of that quagmire and stand upright. Square your shoulders, tip your head up and begin to praise God and thank God for the victory. Mephibosheth was given grace. He was given restoration and mercy. Look in chapter 9, beginning with verse 3 again. And when David asked, is there any among the house of Saul? And Ziba said, yes, there's a young man by the name of Mephibosheth. And he told the story to David. And the kindness of David just was poured out upon this Mephibosheth, the former king's son or heir to the throne, Jonathan. He never became king, but he would have been heir to the throne. And his son, and David said, I want to show kindness to him. Mephibosheth was humble about the entire matter. He said, I don't deserve to be here today, David. And he didn't know really what David's intent was because oftentimes uh, people will feel like that they're going to be punished some way, being called into the king's court. And so he was called there. But Mephibosheth was not bitter. He was humble, but he was not bitter. And he said, what is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? The name Mephibosheth meant destroying shame. Destroying shame. Lodibar, the place where he had been living, meant a place of no pasture. Mephibosheth was living in Lodibar. Destroying shame was living in a place of no pasture, no opportunity, nothing to feed upon, no green meadows, no still waters, no brooks. It was a barren place, no provision. Self-pity could have destroyed him, but he had been a survivor. All these years, he had been a survivor. And he still put his faith in God. In this story tonight, David is a type of Jesus, our heavenly David, the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to think about him for a moment. David said, fear not. Our heavenly David is saying to you tonight, don't be afraid. Don't be anxious. Don't be upset. Put your faith in me. Trust in me. Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan's, thy father's sake. 
You see, there had been a covenant between Jonathan and David. And David never went back on his word to Jonathan. And Jesus will never go back on his word to you. Jesus has committed himself to take care of you, to watch over you, to love you, and to provide for you. And tonight, no matter how bad you may feel about the turn of circumstances in your life that has dealt you a bad turn, God will not forsake you and he will not abandon you. He said, I will restore thee all the land of Saul, thy father. This was a huge thing. I mean, there's nothing comparable to it in our day and time. All the land of the king, Mephibosheth, I'm going to give it back to you. It's going to be yours. And thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. Friends, I want to tell you, you're going to feast at the master's table continually. You remember the song, it's in our hymn book. Come and dine, the master calleth, come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitude to the hungry. Come and dine. <laughs> well, you might as well just gather around the master's table. In the palace, you're a guest. He, he will treat you fine. He will not be there re ready to club you and... And to be hard on you, he's your friend. All the land and the cities. You know, the Bible says that God's going to do this for the church. All that's been taken away from the church. And Christianity has taken a beating in the news. I'm done. But why should we think that's strange? The fiery trial that is to try us. We're not supposed to get the best from the world. The world's not our friend. Our friend is... In heaven and our citizenship is in heaven and we ought to be good citizens in the United States but we are citizens of another world and and people despise that world so don't get upset about what's going on in the news just remember that our heavenly David says you're coming into my palace you're gonna sit at my table I'm going to feed you I'm going to be responsible for you the rest of your life God has promised to restore to the church. Listen to these words found in the book of Joel. I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army that I sent among you. God allowed the army to come into the land of Israel to destroy the land. But he says to the, the people, I am going to destroy everything that has been eaten up. We're going to have a bountiful harvest once again. Friends, God has promised to pour out his spirit in the last days. And we've seen a lot of things happen in the realm of religion and Christianity. And it's been disappointing. Some of the things have been alarming and disturbing. But God is saying forms and rituals are going to be replaced with the reality of my holy presence and power. God is going to restore the individual. In Proverbs and Psalms 51 and verse 12. David prayed this prayer, and I'll, I'll ask you to pray this prayer for yourself tonight. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. I want you to stand. I want us to pray that God will restore the joy, that God will restore what has been stripped away from us. And we're not going to walk out of this place sad and disheartened and wonder why in this world things are turned the way they have. We're going to trust God for a better day.
We're coming into God's palace. We're coming into the king's table. And he's going to be responsible for our upkeep and our well-being. And we're going to be fed spiritual manna like the children of Israel ate the manna out in the wilderness. God's going to rain down every day everything we need. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Give him glory. Give him praise. Glory, 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 glory. Bow your head, please. Is there anyone tonight that is unsaved and you'll lift your hand and say, Pastor, I need Jesus in my heart. I know I do. Will you pray for me? Raise your hand wherever you are. You know that you're not right with God and you need Jesus in your heart. Slip your hand up anywhere. I'm not going to ask people to raise their hands if you have a problem or you have a need because almost everyone does. And uh, you probably even get a little bit embarrassed about continually asking for prayer. But everybody's got some needs. And tonight's message is one of encouragement. God has never abandoned you. You may have spent those years like Mephibosheth did, but your day is here. Your day is here. This is the day of restoration. This is the new day that God said that he was going to give you. All things are passed away. All things have become new. And I want you to count your blessings now. I want you to start thanking God. Just raise those hands up and start thanking God for the blessings. Those that have already come and those that are yet to come. Father, we thank you for the blessings. We thank you for healing. We thank you for restoration. We thank you for a better job. We thank you for financial income. We thank you for the miracle that is needed. Lord, you know just what we can take and how much we can bear. And tonight, Lord, we give it all to God. And we ask you, Lord, to undertake in the name of Jesus that everybody leave out of here with a spring in their step, knowing that God is the God of today and tomorrow. He's going to take care of every need. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Those of you who would like to be prayed for for sickness or some other need, come down to the front. We'll be dismissed in prayer and then we'll remain here to pray for people with special needs. Father, dismiss us from this place, but not from your presence. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.